Welcome to another episode of the Present Fathers Podcast. This is another bonus episode that was originally recorded as a Spaces on X. Our guest is Dave Dana, and Dave shares his personal story of overcoming uh, obesity and working to improve his life and lose a lot of weight and get healthy. And uh, just a super inspiring guy, very positive. He's built a huge following on X. He's inspired a lot of people to improve their own lives. So you're really going to enjoy this episode. The thing that really strikes me about Dave is that he genuinely wants to see everyone win. And he genuinely is a very positive person. And it's just so infectious. So you're really going to enjoy this episode. You're going to feel really uplifted. And uh, just thank you so much for those who joined us live on the spaces and contributed. Uh, you were an incredible audience, and uh, now the audience listening, you're going to enjoy this very much, and we just appreciate all of your support. Buckle up. This is a great one, and uh, if you don't follow Dave already, look him up on Twitter X. Uh, he is a very inspiring guy, and he definitely will enrich your life. Uh, host of the uh, the Present Fathers podcast, and then uh, we'll get right into it. So, George, are you, uh, are you ready to fire? Yeah, let's do it. Dave, good to all meet right, you. Excellent. So, welcome, everyone, to this Spaces hosted by the Present Fathers podcast. Uh, we are very excited to talk with Dave and others tonight. Um, I think our plan tonight is to have a little bit of a directed conversation with Dave directly, and then we're going to open it up to the audience later in the discussion. So if you've got questions, uh, please feel free to drop them in the chat. Um, we'll try and get to them, and then hopefully at the end we have a good amount of time to bring people up and ask them directly to Dave. So thank you all for joining. We hope you enjoy this. And uh, Dustin, back over to you. All right. Thanks, George. So, Dave, you know, I really want to be happy for you, but I just can't get past this jealousy. You get to have the Arnold Schwarzenegger as your personal trainer. It's so unfair, you know, so I'm trying to be nice about this, but it's just the jealousy is crushing me. So. <laughs> there but, have been quite a few crazy things that have happened in the last 14 or 15 months, but it's very hard to top the fact that whenever I post a picture of me lifting not very heavy at 5 a.m. at a Planet Fitness he will jump into my comments and give me lifting tips. That was certainly an unexpected uh, part of this weight loss and health journey. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, seriously, there is something special about your attitude, your journey. It, it really draws so many of us to want to support you and for me to be better myself. You have incredible charisma. I know you won't admit that, but you really do. Uh, and your honesty about the process is just so cool. Um, I'm really excited to dig into why you specifically have found success where so many others have struggled. So I think this is going to be a great opportunity to learn from you. Um, first and foremost, I wanted to congratulate you on your engagement. Your fiance is beautiful. It is awesome. Thank you so you much. So happy together. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's wonderful. Um, can you tell us about the, uh, the moment? Um, did you plan a speech? Did you get down on one knee? Did your fiance expect it? <laughs> so we actually had a little bit of a plan and I sort of blew the plan up last minute. My parents were visiting. They live uh, quite far away and it was good weather and we had planned to go to a botanical garden later in that day. And I thought that that could result in some good pictures if perhaps I had just asked a question and given a certain someone a special piece of jewelry. So I ended up calling her mom that morning and just confirming with her that I had her mom's blessing and that it was okay. I was doing it, you know, a little bit, uh, a week or two earlier than planned. And I just proposed right in the backyard here. I got, uh, you know, I did get down on one knee, of course, dressed up and uh, popped the question. 
And, um, you know, her mom lives a few hours away. And by the time I was done with that process, her mom was halfway here, jumped right in the car. Her mom went to church first, announced everybody that her daughter was getting married, then left church to come straight over here. So, you know, it went a little bit uh, different than I had planned, but it, it all worked out well. Oh, that's a great story. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Um, so you've mentioned, uh, you've referenced uh, maybe wanting to have children in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a timeline for having kids? And if you do, has your successful fitness journey affected that timeline or your decision that you do want to have kids? Part of my people ask me, which is crazy that people ask me anything, but people ask me what my motivation is uh, quite often. And and the truth is, at some point in this journey, I'm not motivated. At some point, it becomes routine. At some point, it becomes a habit. And at some point, it, you know, I, it just fails and I, and I have a bad day, right? But one of the things that does motivate me is the desire in the future to be a healthy father, a good role model for my children, and to make sure that, you know, when I do have children, I, I can be an involved father, I can play with them, I can run with them, right? I can be involved in their lives, I can provide for them, protect them, you know, and so part of, you know, getting closer to getting married and realizing when I was 30 years old that I was you know, 400 plus pounds and, and I was having trouble tying my shoes and I needed to ask for a seatbelt extender on the plane was that I needed to make some drastic changes so that my desire to be, you know, a healthy role model and a good father for my future children, you know, could, could, could happen. Uh, and so I'm a little bit older. I mean, not, not super old, but I'm 31 and, and my fiance is just a few months younger than me. So I th think we'll start fairly soon, right? Cause we'd like to have a few, um, and we'd like them to be somewhat close in age. So, yeah, I mean, there is, there is sort of a plan and, and to your second question. Yes. I mean, the, the crazy <laughs> success, I, uh, that, that I've had in the last couple, well, 14 or 15 months on this weight loss journey has uh, helped me you know, see becoming a father as more of a reality. And it is also part of my motivation that keeps me going on this journey, you know, when I really don't want to get up at 4 a.m. and go do whatever at Planet Fitness, right? <laughs> that's cool. So part of your motivation then is thinking about, all right, what's this going to be like for my future kids? That's, that's great. Um, Absolutely. So along those lines, do you think uh, kids will affect your fitness routine? Have you thought about some of the challenges um, of being a dad and staying in shape? I consider myself pretty busy right now without having kids. So I honestly can't imagine how busy parents with multiple kids also juggle, <laughs> right? Staying healthy and working full time, right? I'm an accountant. Like, I, you know, I have a day job and, and everything else, all the other adulting and responsibilities we have. But I knew, you know, when I started this journey and was thinking about my future, that being over 400 pounds and, you know, and still gaining weight, right? As my mental health spiraled downward certainly wasn't going to be a recipe for success. So if I could at least be, you know, under 300 pounds, under 250, under 200 pounds, which is my ultimate goal before having kids that would check something off the box. <laughs> I said one of the boxes off before I became a father, but yes, I'm sure it will impact it. I'm sure it's going to take my time management skills and my uh, flexibility uh, to a whole new level. And I'm, I'm sure it'll be, uh, you know, a challenge that I, that I'll have to overcome because now 
fitness and exercise has become a routine for me. I never set foot in a gym prior to last year, and now I can't imagine not doing it. So I think I'll have to find time and figure out a way to do it, but I'm sure it's definitely going to change. <laughs> what a difference a year makes. Wow, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think being an accountant is, is very helpful because in many ways, fitness is about crunching numbers, and there's nothing like seeing the scale drop by a pound or two to really motivate you, just like seeing your bank account increase is, uh, is motivational. So I think in some ways, there's a lot of crossover there, and I think you'll have a lot of success uh, juggling it when you do get to that, uh, that point. Um, I, I really want to ask you, this was what I was most excited to ask about, how did you start your fitness journey? What was the moment where you said, it is time to get this started? Um, I, I can't take this anymore, or I've... I've hit a point where was there a rock bottom? Like go through that process of when it actually started for me. Absolutely. So last year, uh, May, uh, late May of, of last year, I moved into a new house and that coincided with uh, why I mentioned the house is because that this house had stairs and my prior one didn't. And I realized when I was walking up the stairs that I was getting winded and uh, that wasn't great. You know, I had just turned 30 years old. 30 year olds are not supposed to be winded going up a single flight of stairs a few times a day. And then I flew for basically the first time since the pandemic and had one of the most uh, you know, embarrassing moments of my life. I had to ask the flight attendant for a seatbelt extender because the seatbelt wouldn't fit on the plane. So when I got back home after that trip, I, I dug around to find my scale. It was still in a box. I hadn't unpacked everything because I wanted to see, you know, I'd been big for a while. I'd been, you know, 280, 300 pounds before the pandemic, but I never needed a seatbelt extender before. So I knew I must be well above 300 pounds. Um, but that seatbelt moment on the plane was really a catalyst for me to get my scale out when I got back from the trip and get on the scale to figure out what exactly was going on and how much I weighed. And when I got on the scale, it gave me an error message. And I thought, oh, you know, I've just moved. It was in a box. It must be broken. Like the movers break things. It happens. So I ordered the exact same model from Amazon. It would arrive the next day. So uh, I get on the scale again the next day and I get the same error message. And then I'm thinking to myself, I wonder if it's not the scale. And so I Google it and I check the description on Amazon and I flip the scale over and it turns out it has a 400 pound weight limit and I'm over the 400 pounds. So I don't exactly know what my starting weight was on this journey. It was something above 400. And then that, you know, that night, uh, the combination of the seatbelt extension and then getting the error message on my scale were the two things where I hit rock bottom. I needed to make a big change. I joined a gym, I'm pretty sure the next day or either the day after. And I immediately started going uh, very early in the morning, like 4.30 you know, a.m. People ask me if I worked up to that or whether I started that immediately. I started it cold turkey immediately. Um, and for four weeks, I got that error message on the scale every week when I weighed myself. And it was the most frustrating and demoralizing thing because it was the hardest four weeks because I was making so many rapid changes and I wasn't seeing anything. And then finally, on June 29th of last year, I got 399.9 on the scale, which is like a wildly high weight for most people, but it was <laughs> a huge victory for me. And so my official starting weight, I take at 399.9 on June 29th of last year. And, you know, I really started the journey a month earlier, but I'm just not sure what I weighed at that point. Uh, and, and, you know, that's the, that's the catalyst. And then the first month of the journey in, in summary. Dave, that's, uh, it's just awesome to hear that you stuck with it. Cause I think most people would have struggled 
those first couple of weeks and, and probably it was quit. a brutal, a brutal four weeks. Yeah. It was yeah I, can, I can only imagine. <laughs> so my question is then as you start going to the gym, you said you'd never been to one in your life. Um, and I don't think that's hyperbolic. I think you're being genuine on that. You know, what was your thought process? Did you get a lot of looks? Did you struggle with, um, you know, were people mean to you or any of that kind of stuff? Cause I think a lot of people have an aversion to the gym or exercise in general because they're afraid of judgment. Was that a big issue for you? Or is that something that maybe we build up in our own minds more than reality? Yeah, it was a big issue in my mind. It was incredibly intimidating to walk into the gym on my own, not knowing how to use any of the equipment or not knowing how to do anything, or honestly not even knowing how like the key swipe worked the first few times, right? Or how like the lockers worked, um, especially at 400 pounds or over 400 pounds and especially alone. Um, so that I speak about this and I try to tweet about it, but like the intimidation is real. And I feel like there's a little bit of a disconnect from sort of gym bros or people who've been doing it forever and the people who are feeling intimidated. But I can tell you that intimidation is for sure a real feeling in my head. Now, to your point, I never got any negative feedback in real life. I never got any looks except for positive ones, honestly. And it turned out that those gym bros who were, you know, lifting more than my starting weight were some of the nicest and like most inclusive and most accepting uh, people I had ever met. Uh, so, you know, basically the, you know, one of the, one of the best little communities that I've formed <laughs> in real life is, you know, the gym bros who I never thought I would ever have anything in common with as like, you know, a 400 pound Jewish accountant, right? Like it just, it wasn't my scene at all, but it turns out they wanted me to be there. They wanted me to be successful. They wanted to see me the next day. They wanted to make sure I felt like I belonged. They wanted to give me tips if I wanted them. And if I didn't want them, they were going to do their workout. I was going to do my workout. And really no one is really looking at you at the gym, even if you think they are, which I, which I still do right from time to time. And for, for a while, for six months, even maybe more than six months, I basically only did very light and moderate cardio at the gym because I was worried about an injury. I was worried about pushing myself too far. I was honestly worried about my heart. Right. And I didn't, I still didn't really know what I was doing. And I was, I was too prideful and stubborn to, to ask originally. So the, even that first six months until this January or February, I hadn't touched weights or any of the machines except cardio. <laughs> but looking back on it, that intimidation was purely in my mind and I couldn't have asked for a better and more supportive, you know, group of guys to, to, to help me in, in, uh, you know, an environment that was completely out of my comfort zone. Well, it's really, uh, uplifting, right? Restore some faith in humanity to hear you say that. Um, and, I, and I'm really glad that you had that experience. Um, I'm very thankful for that. Just real quick follow-up question. So you said you did cardio heavily to begin with. Did your, you know, body composition changes uh, happen faster after you started using the weights? Well, that's interesting. The weight came off faster at the beginning because I was starting so heavy. I mean, I assume that's the reason why the weight loss has gotten a lot harder. You know, I do a weigh-in Wednesday, so I did one today, and I only lost about a pound in the last week. And honestly, that was a little bit frustrating compared to when I was, you know, 400 pounds and I was losing two or three or four pounds in a week. So the weight loss, I always tell people most of the weight loss is mental health, is mindset, is diet, and then is the exercise. However, the exercise does so much for my mental health and so much for my mindset that it becomes like a circular thing. I don't think I burn 
a particularly impressive number of calories in the gym. And I don't work out as intensely as I see some other guys working out. I, I could easily offset that, you know, with a candy bar or two. However, rolling out of the gym at five 30 in the morning, it's not even light out, you know, getting my heart rate up, sweating, feeling accomplished, feeling productive. It feels like I've won the day before it's even started. Yeah. And I did exercise and, you know, burn a couple hundred calories. Right. But I do think that the vast majority of the weight loss has come from work on mental health, work on mindset and work on diet. And then one element of that, uh, of that, uh, mental health journey has been regular daily exercise. It's a little bit hard for me to articulate, so just let me know if that makes no sense. <laughs> no, it makes it makes a ton of sense, right? You're you're waking up and kind of doing the hard thing first. You're swallowing the frog, so to speak, and then from there it's all downhill. Yeah. So it's it's a great way to do it. Um, I'm exactly. going to kick it over to my co-host Brandon. He's got a question for you. Hey, Dave, how are you, man? Uh, thanks you for joining us tonight. Uh, so you've talked about mental health, and you've you've talked about how you've gotten down to your fantastic weight where you're at currently. Um, yeah. Can we talk a little bit about what caused you to get to the 400 mark? Um, sure. was it, like, was it generational and it was passed down as far as like, you know, unhealthy eating habits? Like what got you there? So that's, yeah. That, so that's an excellent question. Thank you. And uh, it's, it's always interesting because I think people are usually surprised. Like my parents, you know, so my dad, you know, never had a passport when I, when I was a kid and never traveled at all. But since they've retired, he and my mom are right now in Austria hiking the Alps. Um, they, there is no obesity on either my parents or my younger sister. He's 73 years old, I think. Um, and so it is very much, for me at least, not, uh, not genetic insofar as neither of my parents are obese and my, my younger sister, my only sibling is not, you know, obese or overweight either. And I graduated college at probably like 200 pounds, maybe, maybe 210. I honestly can't remember, which is, which is overweight. I'm not a tall guy. So like I did need to lose some weight, but nowhere near, you know, I needed to lose 20 pounds, not 200 pounds. Right. So right. my weight loss Basically, in the eight or nine years since I graduated college, I, I gained, you know, something around 200 pounds. And it was almost, well, no, not almost. It was completely related to work-life balance, to, to work, being a workaholic, to stresses with money, to stresses with relationship, to probably some, you know, I say depression, but I know that gets into sort of like a formal mental health uh, diagnosis. I was never diagnosed with anything. You know, I don't, I mean, mainly because I avoided doctors, right? <laughs> I'm sure they would have, but I just, I want to make it clear. I wasn't, I wasn't officially diagnosed, but there was clearly some mental, a lot of mental health stuff going on. And that just resulted in a lot of binge eating. And when I say a lot of binge eating, I mean like every single day after work, I had a, I worked and, you know, I was in the I was in Baltimore and then in DC right after college. I went into one of the big four public accounting firms, KPMG. I, you know, my career was going well, but you know, I, I needed an outlet. I was putting in 60 hour weeks. I was living in a city. I really didn't like it. It was really expensive, right? A couple of not so great relationships. And it just compounded to the fact where, you know, I built up in the first two or three years after college a lot of really negative and toxic habits instead of building positive, healthy ones that, you know, <laughs> if people have been paying attention to my journey, put me into a lot of debt and, you know, cause me to gain, you know, a 200 pounds over nine years. So it, it, from, from my perspective, personally, 
I don't think I have any direct history of obesity in my family. And it was pretty much all environment and mental health in, you know, in a nine year period after graduating college. That's, there's probably a lot more to it. So feel free to ask follow up sure. questions. Yeah, sure. So we, we've talked a little bit about how you got there, how you fixed it. Tell me about uh, some of the improvements, like your favorite improvements to your health now that you've, that you've worked off so much of the weight. It's hard to demonstrate. Um, so, and it's, it's a little bit hard to articulate. I feel like as men, we don't do a good job talking about mental health and we don't do a good job, you know, admitting that we have feelings and it's a lot easier for me to show you a screen or for me to like put on a five XL shirt and then put on a two XL shirt and show you the difference. Right. But the biggest, the biggest positive impact has been on my outlook has been on my mindset and has been on my mental health. Just the way I think about the future has changed. The way I think about, you know, my career has changed. The way I think about my relationships have changed, right? I don't think, well, I, I don't know, but like if I had been, if I hadn't hit a hundred pounds of weight loss, I'm not sure I would have proposed. You know what I mean? It, it's really changed everything about how I, how I attack every given day and how I think and plan about the future in that I, you know, it's restored a lot of my confidence. It's restored a lot of my faith in myself, my faith in humanity, right. My actual faith. Right. Um, right. And so that's been huge. And then of course there's, there's a lot more practical things, right. I, one of the things I wanted to do is go to the doctor for the first time. I've been avoiding that for, you know, five plus years. So I did that in September of last year. That would been like three months into my journey. And I posted all these, all these results, uh, um, you know, just to be transparent. So like all my blood work was, you know, uh, bad for <laughs> bad for a 30 year old, right. Pre-diabetic A1C over a hundred glucose. My resting heart rate was over a hundred, which is, uh, I don't know that there's some word for it. Not good. Um, my cholesterol, my triglycerides were too high, right? All the, all the, it wasn't, it wasn't bad enough to immediately medicate me type of bad. And I wanted to try to do it without medication, but it was all bad. And so some of the, some of the best things that have come from this journey is getting my blood work done again in February of this year and seeing all of those markers move in the right direction, actually faster than my doctor had expected. And um, I plan on getting the blood work done again at the end of this year. I mean, I am getting married, so there's a little, <laughs> a little complication around there. But my goal is to continue to get blood work done once or twice a year. But to be honest, in September, that was like my second wake-up call when I got all this blood work back from the doctor, and I thought I had been doing great. And he said, actually, you weigh 375 pounds, and you're pre-diabetic, and you have high blood pressure, and your heart rate is like, you know, concerningly high. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I guess uh, I might have a lot further further to go than I thought. So seeing all those markers move substantially in the right direction just by February, uh, you know, was a huge boost, a huge boost to me. <laughs> well, I find it, it's amazing what happens when you keep your promises to yourself, right? When you start learning that self-care and that self-love and making those little changes every day that compound so quickly to such large changes, right? Um, but yeah, I love it, man. I appreciate it. I'm going to pass the mic over to Justin, uh, my brother. He's got a quick question for you. Hey, Dave, man. Thanks for coming on. Um, so something I can share with you, a little tidbit of wisdom. I did a little bit of therapy my, myself, um, you know, trying to get in the right headspace uh, if we're talking about mental health and men. I'm not afraid to admit it. But one of the things that um, I was told to visualize was what I thought my mental health was. 
So I kind of used it as a house. And I feel like confidence is one of the bricks in which you can build that house with for your good mental health. And it's just something that you should think about when you're going through this journey. Just start thinking about what's your bricks and what can you keep building to make this house indestructible? Because let's be honest, I mean, any house can come down and, and it can tumble down at any point in time, especially when it comes to, you know, making it a mental health thing. But um, I definitely say that's that's something that in my personal fitness journey and my health journey has been something that I really have enjoyed is the confidence that working out and like, you know, staying disciplined and, and doing all the right motions, so to speak, or habits has been uh, for me. But either way, that being said, um, I'm going to kind of change it up a little bit here. Um, what has been the biggest challenge or hurdle that you think you've faced and uh, what did you do to overcome it? Absolutely. Yeah. So there have been, let's say there have been two one I've sort of already mentioned, and thanks for the question. I agree completely on the confidence. That, I guess that's you articulated it better than I did, but that's what I was trying to get at with. At this point in time, I'm not um, you know, tracking super well exactly what I'm doing in the gym in terms of exact calories burned or you know, you know, my focus really is the weight loss, and I want to make sure I'm exercising every day, and I want to make sure I'm not losing muscle as I lose fat. But at the same time, once I get on the lower weight and the focus is less about weight loss, it will be more about building muscle, and I'll probably change my gym strategy. However, what the gym has done you know, aside from all the physical health benefits has been building that confidence and doing it. People think I'm crazy for doing it five days a week at 4am. And I'm well aware that I don't have to do that and that other people don't want to do that. But for me, it's part of the mental health. I don't know if we call it a mental health game or, you know, mental health strategy. Like it makes, it, even if I'm the only one who realizes it, it makes me feel like a king to myself to be able to get up that early and knock it out and then go work a full-time job and be like, that's it. Like I've done my health stuff. I've done my meal prep. I've, I've done my nine or 10 hours of work. And I like, I did it. Um, and it's huge for my mental health um, above and beyond any physical, you know, positives or negatives. Right. Cause I probably need to get more sleep, but you know, it's <laughs> the mental health boost I get from that routine is, is, has been has been amazing. Now the biggest struggles there there have been two. The one is more specific that I've mentioned, and one is broader. The first is in September when I went to the doctor for the first time in years. That was really a gut punch, and it threw me off for a couple of days. It's the only time that I've taken days off the gym. You know when I've been not traveling at least. Although even then I tried to. Um, it's the only time that I've I've felt you know. Like I might want to give up because really I rolled into the doctors feeling way <laughs> better about myself than I guess I should have. Cause I was, I was already three plus months into the journey. I had started getting numbers on my scale and I was like, you know what? I'm like, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm taking the journey, but they didn't know that. Right. And this was a first time I'd visited this doctor. I had just moved. So I had to get a new doctor. I had new insurance. I had to get an, you know, and so they never seen me before. So instead of the progress that I had seen on myself over the last you know, three or four months, they saw a 375 pound 30 year old who was in the danger zone for every single type of blood work we did. And that was, that was a huge gut punch to me. And it absolutely did throw me off for a few days. And, you know, I talked to my, at that time, my girlfriend about it, I prayed about it. And I, you know, I took a few days off, right? And I went and then I got back on the routine. And I, I looked at that blood work again, a few days later, and I thought to myself, 
it's not going to get better if I just sit here and feel sorry for myself. And I know I've made so much progress in the last three months, even though, of course, they're not going to see it, right? They don't wake up with me every morning. They didn't see the error on the scale, right? Like I saw those things. I know those things, right? But they didn't, right? <laughs> and so from their point of view, you know, it was demoralizing to me, but they were concerned and they voiced their concerns. And that was what they should do as medical professionals, right? And, and I, you know, I took it the wrong way. And I guess I took it a little bit uh, personally. <laughs> I guess it was personal, right? But it took me a few days to recover. I took a few days off. I talked to some people. And then I remembered why I was doing this. And I zoomed myself out. I thought about being a father. I thought about being a husband. You know, I want to have real estate goals. I have career goals. At that point in time, I was still in grad school. I wanted to finish up my grad school, get my MBA. And, you know, I, I wanted to be around long enough, right, that my parents wouldn't have to bury their son, right? They can go off and enjoy hiking in the Austrian Alps and not invite me, right? But, you know, and that was a real concern that I could see in my father's eyes, right, when I was 30 years old and over 400 pounds. And after a few days of, you know, I'll admit it, you know, moping and feeling sorry for myself, that introspection and prayer and talking to my loved ones was enough to get me back into the gym. And after that first workout, it you know, I remembered why I was doing it, that like it clicked for me again and I got back in gear and I kept going. And that, you know, that on a micro level, that happens far more often when I wake up early and I don't want to go to the gym and then I feel better after I've gone to the gym. I don't know what that is, but, it, you know, that's like the micro version of what happened where it always feels better after there's some saying I've seen where it's like the only workout you regret is the one you didn't do or something like that. And like, again, like I'm not a gym expert or a fitness expert and I definitely don't pre pretend to be right. And I have no qualifications, but I can tell you that the only workouts I regret are the ones I skip and are the, is just the fact that I didn't start doing this, you know, 10 or 15 years earlier. Right. Even though I don't know what I'm doing. Right. Like, um, and, and, uh, more broadly, sorry, I'm, I'm just rambling. So cut me off at any point, but more broadly, the other struggle I have is that I live in the deep South. I'm not from the deep South. I love the deep South. Every food down here is unhealthy. Like regardless of what diet you pick, it doesn't, you can be vegan, you can be carnivore, keto, low carb, paleo, Mediterranean. It doesn't calories in calories out, pick whatever you are. And someone will show up with a salad and the salad will be made out of like jello and have cool whip and Oreos and powdered sugar on it. And that's not a salad where I'm from. And so, you know, it's just, Dude, just like, fire, man, I'm, I'm in Cajun country. Let me just tell you, we have, fried everything including gator i mean trust me we have some awesome cuisine down here in the boot i, I can promise you i know exactly what you're talking about nothing's healthy exactly and my fiance is from georgia her family's been in the same town small town in georgia for you know 100 years right so that's my biggest like macro thing that i'm constantly working on is how do i balance having a family life being a family man having an academic life when i was in school having a professional life going to all these events Right. If I want to get more involved, with my faith, having, you know, more interaction there and they're all going to serve me this food. And I don't want to be the guy who just can't eat any of it. Right. So I do, you know, attempt to partake in the and the healthier stuff, stuff they serve. But and the and the other side downside is it's all really good. It all tastes fantastic. Right. So so that does make it a little bit more differently. But hopefully I've answered your question more of a specific example and then sort of a macro issue that I'm just sort of working through that's it's never going to go away dave appreciate it man love how much, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me love how much you shared your story here and uh feel free to ramble man we're here to to learn from you and uh, <laughs> i appreciate you know, 
you're you're a positive guy, and I think everyone loves that. So it's good to kind of hear your your voice, not just see your post. But uh, Dustin, uh, kicking it back over to you now. Yeah, Dave, how did you decide on your diet? Uh, I love your rate on uh, my plate posts. They inspire yeah. me. They're wonderful. They look delicious. They're they're so fun. Uh, was there a system that you decided on? Has it evolved over the past year? Tell us a little bit about the decision-making process that went into uh, what goes in your body. I appreciate your compliments, especially because I know I'm not good at cooking. It is something I never learned before <laughs> I attempted it this year. So I'm very slowly dabbling my toes in it. People ask me about, you know, sometimes if I get nervous posting gym selfies or like pictures of the scale. And the answer is yes, but not as nervous as I get posting food pictures. Because let me tell you, everybody has an opinion on food and inevitably you have cooked it terribly and they will tell you how to do it better. And <laughs> I mean, I, you know, it's, that's, that's perfectly fine. I'm going to keep doing it. The vast majority of the, of the feedback I get is positive, but it is something that was unexpected for me, I guess, was just the, uh, the opinions on food when you start posting food pictures. But learning to cook has been part of this health journey, something I've taken slowly that I never learned before. That, again, was when we go back to those reasons that I gained all the weight, a lot of junk food, a lot of fast food, a lot of processed and packaged food, too much alcohol, right? And a lot of takeout delivery, especially during the COVID years, not being able to control the ingredients, not exactly knowing what went into them, right? And that also gets very expensive. So that was another sort of practical reason that I'm sure packed on the pounds. Now, how I picked my diet specifically was that, you know, sort of like, I assume, well, I'll speak for myself against, but at, at over 400 pounds, I had tried dieting and weight loss before. And largely that had involved lots of salads, uh, lots of cardio and lots of misery. And to be clear, I lost a bunch of weight eating, you know, a, a lot of vegetables and a lot of salads and doing a ton of cardio, but I would inevitably fall off the bandwagon and gain all the weight back and more of it. So for me personally, that wasn't working. And one of the things I decided to do last year was to take a radically different approach to my weight loss this time. That being the diet, that being the exercise. And that's, I mean, that's honestly why I started posting originally on, on Instagram, I, not even on here. Um, but, um, and so what I wanted to do was a diet that I could incorporate as many foods as I liked while still being a healthy diet. And unfortunately, a lot of the foods I liked, I just couldn't incorporate because they were like desserts or ice cream or, you know, like stuff I really couldn't be eating too much of if I wanted to like seriously lose 200 pounds in two years. Um, so I ended up on a low, a generally low carb diet. I don't say it's keto or anything like that because there's just, there's, again, there's so much, you know, so much that uh, comes with those labels, but I eat a generally low carb diet, a lot of meat, a lot of vegetables, some fruit, and I usually try to eat twice a day. Um, and that's pretty much it. I try to keep it very simple. I try to eat the same stuff every day. I try to eat at the same times every day. And I try to meal prep as much as I can. And I try to cut out snacking as much as I can. Although I posted either t yesterday or today that my biggest, one of my biggest things that I'm currently struggling with is nighttime snacking. And, and so, so sorry, to get back to your question, I guess I'm on a low carb diet. That's generally what I have picked and it has generally worked well for me. And I basically picked it because I knew I liked meat and I knew I could pair meat with vegetables and that that would be a much better, more balanced meal that would be more satiating to me personally than eating like a lot of salads 
And, uh, you know, it would be a radically different approach than past diets. And, and one other thing I will mention is I, I basically don't eat any product you would get at the grocery store that has the word diet on it or any, you know, anything, you know, I really, I really try to like, I, cause again, I tried those before and I'm just not sure they work to be completely honest. Again, I'm not an expert or anything, but like <laughs> just keeping it to like meat and vegetables. And I, you know, I get, I get sweet cravings. There are some people who say, Oh, I just, I don't get sweet cravings anymore. I don't get sugar cravings. Maybe that'll happen eventually, but I certainly still do. Um, and when I do, I, I switched, you know, to frozen blueberries or something like that instead of like an entire tub of like Reese's ice cream, you know, so I'm, it, it, I'm still having some sugar. I'm not doing anything crazy, um, but it's a healthier version of it. And then that, that's probably 80 to maybe 90% of the time. The other 10 to 20% is in social events or where someone else is cooking. And again, it's important to me to be like a functional member, a family man, like, you know, you know, trying to be involved in these various aspects of my life. So I try not, um, you know, I try to be as, as normal as I can with my eating uh, when I'm in a social setting. And so I'll just make the best choices I can. And I'll understand that this meal is not going to be quite as clean as I would like. It's not going to be quite, you know, up to my, uh, you know, standards in terms of being low carb and high protein. Uh, but, you know, if, as long as that's, you know, 10 or maybe 20% of my diet maximum, at least so far, so far it has worked. The one last thing I'll add, I know I'm rambling again, is it has gotten dramatically harder to lose weight now that I'm under, you know, 280 pounds and I still have another 90 to go. So I am thinking I may tighten it up a little bit going forward, um, you know, because it hasn't evolved much in the last six months. But, um, you know, now that I'm at 0.9 or one pounds of weight loss a week, you know, I might try to tighten it up a little bit to get that a little bit higher, at least, uh, at least so I fit in my wedding tux in November. <laughs> there you go. Wow. If only you knew someone who used to be Mr. Olympia that could help you with that. Wouldn't that be a That's nice, exactly resource? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that be a nice <laughs> resource to have? Yeah. So, um, quick note for the audience, we're going to get through a couple more, uh, set questions. And then uh, just post your questions to the chat, and uh, Dave has offered to um, to take questions from the audience as well. So we'll do a little bit of roundtable discussion, and uh, whatever questions you have for him, um, we'll get to those in a minute. I want to uh, kick it over to uh, Daniel Marta here. He had a uh, question for you. Yeah, thank you. Um, first of all, um, Dave, your story is very, very inspiring, um, and congrats <laughs> on the engagement that's huge. Um, and I hope and pray for, you know, your future family because having a family is just such a blessing. Um, so with that being said, um, I know you kind of touched on a couple of things that I was thinking about. Um, people already asked, but when you find yourself, like my personal struggles are, you know, I start working out and I get like super like excited and I'm like, yeah, oh, this is awesome. I'm making progress. And then I hit just like a lull where I just, I hit a wall and I get just in my head and I'm kind of like, you know, what am I doing? Um, am I doing, am I making progress? What, um, what steps do you take when you, you know, start kind of the inception of those, those negative thoughts? So like, um, you know, a lot of people say half the battle is just, you know, lacing up your tennis shoes to go to the gym, for example. Um, you know, a lot of the, like all, all it takes is just to lace up the shoes, get out the door and then get to the gym. So 
if, um, you know, I know you've already touched on when you went to the doctor and it was super discouraging. Um, but like before that, you know, like if you had a week where you were like, Oh man, I just, um, lost half a pound or something like that. What do you do to encourage yourself or what does it take to for you to, uh, rebound, um, when, when you have those negative thoughts? Absolutely. That's yeah, that's a great question. And to be honest, I'm, you know, I like to, I, I make sure I always say that I'm not an expert. And I really don't know exactly what I'm talking about. And it's definitely a struggle. It's a struggle this week. I lost 0.9 pounds this week and I lost 0.9 pounds last week, which again is it's a loss as a loss. I'll take it, but it's my, it's my two slowest weeks in the last 14 months. And I was trying to push harder. You know, I'm, I'm 70 days away from getting married. Right. So I, I wanted to push harder in those 70 days and then instead it's the slowest it's ever been. So it's been a bit, uh, a bit discouraging over the last two weeks. And what I have found, honestly, uh, there's two things. One has been talking with my fiance and just rem- having her remind me. And then that reminds myself about the bigger picture, about why I'm doing this, about all the progress I've made. And the other thing is I posted my frustrations, which was a little nerve wracking because you never know how the internet will take things. And just the feedback I got from like an incredibly, you know, supportive uh, community, you know, really boosts me. Um, combined with the in real life, you know, talking with my fiance, talking with loved ones. And the last thing I do now that I've, I've made progress is I look back at pictures and videos, you know, some of which, I, some of which I'm, I've been too embarrassed to even post yet, but you know, back at how I was at, you know, 400 plus pounds. And that is a, just a stark reminder of uh, how the, the progress I've made and that progress, you know, doesn't necessarily look exactly how, you know, uh, you know, you, I would want it to look at a steady, you know, two or, you know, 2.5 pounds per week. And, and the last thing is that I, I usually reach out to a few people online um, who usually remind me that, you know, you get to a point where you're, uh, you need to step it up in terms of diet, you need to step it up in terms of exercise, and also a point at which it's harder to lose weight because you weigh less and you're building some muscles, some muscle, I don't think I'm building a ton, as I'm losing weight, which further slows it down. And and one thing that one thing that's a little bit discouraging to me, I know some people might not see it that way because the pictures do look very stark, is I think I look pretty similar to how I look a month or two ago. And that's because I, you know, haven't lost a ton of weight in the last month or two. But, you know, having people remind you both in person and uh, online that as weight loss slows and, you know, as I have still 90 pounds to lose, the the changes in my appearance and in the mirror are going to be incremental and that that's normal and that's not a failure. And it's something that if I wanted to improve upon, I could work towards, but I'm still losing weight and I'm still making progress. So again, sorry for rambling, but I think, I think if to summarize it, one of the most critical aspects over the last 14 or 15 months in terms of keeping going when I, when I want to give up, which definitely happens to me is having a support network, having a support network in person, having a support network online and admitting that as a man, even though I am a man, like no man is an Island and I'm still going to need to talk to people. I'm still going to need to like admit when I have, you know, a feeling, right. Even though we as men aren't supposed to have feelings and that, you know, some weeks are going to be better than other weeks, but in the grand scheme of things, right, if it's a two-year journey to lose 200 pounds and then it's years after that to build some level of muscle and then it's a lifetime of healthy living, right, a, a bad week or a bad two weeks, um, 
you know, isn't the end of the world. But I can tell you in the moment, it definitely feels like it. And that's when the support network kicks in. And that's when I go to those people, because if I if I did this the way I did it in the past, where I bottled up my feelings, I pushed them down, I denied them, I lied to other people, to myself, I wouldn't have that support network. And then when those feelings of, you know, wanting to give up hit or just lack of motivation hit, I would give up or I would stop being motivated, right? Because I didn't have that support network. So one of the one of the big changes I made this time compared to other times was making sure I had an in-person uh, support network and it tur it's turned out an online support network, right? That was uh, kind of unexpected, but that has been critical in my success. And I think it's often overlooked, especially, especially by men. That's such a key point. I, I don't think anyone can do it alone and having such a great network supporting you is, is so wonderful to see. It's almost as satisfying to see, the comments. You can do it, Dave. We're so excited for you. Keep going. It's it's so wonderful to see that. On the flip side, I know there are some trolls. Every once in a while, you see someone say, oh, you're not going to do it or, you know, you're still not in great shape or whatever it is. What is your do you have a personal philosophy for dealing with the trolls and handling some of the negativity that is inevitable on social media? I don't. Yeah. So interestingly, the trolls recently have got there's a, there's far fewer of them. And I'm not sure if that's mostly because they're in that like more replies section, which I've learned not to look at, or <laughs> or if they're maybe they're just not engaging because they they now see that I've actually made progress and it's not as fun to troll me anymore. In general, uh, my my uh, philosophy is to not engage, and I've slipped up a few times and retweeted them over the last 14 months, but I don't think that's happened more than three or four times. And in general. I, I attempt like here's what I attempt to do. I attempt to not engage and to use the trolling to fuel me to work harder in my next workout and to remember that when I want my, you know, net when I want to binge eat at nighttime or have that sugar craving and use that, you know, to motivate me, uh, trying to flip their trolling into a positive. Now that doesn't always work, and that's why generally I just don't engage at all. But to your point, again, like I'm not an expert. I, I, I really don't know how to handle it. I'm open to anyone, anyone's suggestions because you get, I might get a hundred positive comments to one negative comment, but I can tell you, I remember all the negative comments. And like, I just, I think that's part of the human condition, right? I, I can tell you all of the troll comments I've gotten this week. And that's kind of sad because I'm sure I've gotten a thousand positive comments that I, that I can't remember, but you know, I don't know if that's just something I need to continue to work on, but Building a thick skin and trying to build a structure whereby I use the negativity as a motivation. And again, just remembering that like it's exclusively anonymous accounts. It's never uh, it's never a verified account. It's never someone with a name. It's never someone who has a, a real a real picture. Right. Like I'm fine with anonymity online. That's not an issue for me. However, like the trolling from anonymous accounts, I try to discount that. You know, <laughs> I try to discount that in my mind, but, you know, I guess I'll just reiterate that, like, I get trolled online. I'm sure other people taking this journey to do as well. And like, I, I feel for you and with you, like it happens and it, like, and it does suck, especially when you think you're, you know, having a good day or a good week or a good workout. Um, but for the most part, I have been incredibly surprised by the positivity and um, the, you know, 
the supportive nature, especially again, I started posting on on Instagram and I started Twitter right after that. But but Instagram was originally why I was because Instagram is like the place for pictures, right? So that's where I started posting. And the fact that Twitter has become the or X, sorry, X has become the larger one and the more positive one is just an incredible blessing and an incredibly unexpected event, just given sort of like the political banter nature of <laughs> of X's uh, of rep- reputation. That's so interesting to hear. Yeah, because when I think of Instagram, I think of happy pictures of fitness influencers. And I would think, if anything, you would have found a niche on Instagram before you found it on X. So that's that's so interesting that there is a strong fitness community. Uh, we interviewed Dan Go a couple weeks ago, and yeah, yeah. He, he said a lot of the same things that you've said. You know, I was taught, I have a personal training background. And uh, ACE, NASM, all of the organizations say never let anyone get hungry. Eat 17 snacks a day to make sure you never feel hungry. Right? That was the, the dogma that we were taught for years. And I don't think that's right. I think the whole snacking every hour throughout the day, it, it's really hard to be successful when you're doing that. Whereas your plan to eat twice a day sounds like it works really well for you. Um, so that's, that's really cool that you settled on that and, uh, ignored, I think what is some bad advice. Um, there's a famous researcher from Harvard named, uh, Dr. David Sinclair, who's done a bunch of research and has basically found that the number one thing you can do to slow aging is to eat less often, which was really surprising to me. It wasn't eat healthier. It wasn't exercise more. It was eat less often. So I think you're doing yourself a huge favor, um, by doing that. Um, so Back on to your, your social media role, um, your audience growth has been tremendous. So as your, uh, as your body is shrinking, your audience is growing. <laughs> so um, I'm sure you didn't expect to become quite this famous so quickly. Do you have a plan for what you want to do with that? Do you want to um, try to help other people lose weight? Do you um, want to be the official spokesperson for Planet Fitness? <laughs> have, you, <laughs> have you thought about what you want to do with your, uh, your audience and your platform? I get asked about like a strategy all the time and I I'm I think maybe it surprises people or uh but I I don't really have a strategy um there's no PR team or like anyone working with me or anything or and there's no writers or anything you know what I mean like and I don't like people also ask me about like strategies specific to X like a oh, new algorithm and like so I don't really know like I've I've tuned in and read some stuff right because there's a lot of cool people like going through the code and whatnot but I don't really have um a strategy at the end of the day or a team or or anything like that it would be wonderful if uh you know i could continue to build and continue to grow and become you know a a positive influence to people again it's it's still mind-blowing to me that people say you know i i motivate them or whatnot but i you know uh it, it happens every day now so i guess it's true even even if i think it's crazy so i would like to keep going um you know I plan, I hope to be under 200 pounds at at the two-year mark, which is June of next year. And then um, I think my focus will shift a little bit from my personal journey to maybe more like the future. And uh, I don't know, like a platform. I'm really, again, you can tell I'm sort of, I'm sort of clueless because, you know, I didn't have a personal Instagram before I made the Instagram to post these pictures. I didn't have a personal Twitter uh, before I started posting here that I think this accounts from 2020. Cause originally I was like, what's Twitter. And like, I, you know, I, I have a Facebook page and my personal page. When I was a kid, I post like 
three times a year so that my, my grandma sees a picture of me, right? I'm, I'm not a social media guy. Um, and to be honest, X, well, back then it was Twitter, right? I, I had a pretty negative impression of it. That's, that's certainly flipped. But, you know, I would like to, in time, get more in tune with how social media works, uh, this platform and others, and continue to grow mine. But as of right now, I mean, the strategy is to lose 200 pounds in two years and to get married and to start a family and to post it all on <laughs> on X. It's I think that's a great strategy and it's working for you well. So yeah, George, you had a question. Yeah, uh, actually, so we've had some really good questions from the audience. So I kind of wanted to like tee people up in a row. So I'll kind of just MC a little bit here. So the first one is from Zylon. Do you want to go ahead and ask your question? Hopefully you can speak. I guess we're having some uh, technical Hello? difficulties. Okay. Yeah, oh. he's in. Hey, Zylon, hey. you can ask your question. Thank you. Hi, how are you? Thank you for from for letting me ask the question. So, uh, one of my members' family has eating disorder, but what I noticed more about the dis uh, eating disorder is that uh, she was not like be able to to be disciplined with food. And my question is psychologically. How do you fight this? This all oh, like I should eat later, or, or, or like you don't eat because I mean you need to reduce also the food that you are eating. So how do you become this a struggle? And psychologically, you say like, oh, I got it. Yeah, absolutely. So again, I think to reiterate, this is something that again I I don't think is spoken enough about, especially by men. But they say. They say like it's 90% diet, it's 10% exercise. For me, it's 100% mental health and then 90% diet and then 10% exercise. And as an accountant, I know that doesn't add up to 100%, but really it's all about building those systems and working on your mental health and building those strategies so that you're not binge eating or the flip side where you're not never eating, right? Depending on which, <laughs> which is your poison, right? And then that's the, that the same thing that plays into then going to the gym every day or every other day. So for me, you know, it's unfortunate, but I get, a, I get a very, a variety, a variation of this question, I guess I'll say uh, sometimes. And for me, it took hitting rock bottom and then realizing I needed to make drastic changes for myself and other people had attempted to intervene over time, and I lied to them. I lied to myself. I didn't listen. It took hitting rock bottom, and then I, you know, I had a mindset change that was pretty quick, to be honest. And I wanted to build all of these, uh, you know, structures in place, like eating only twice a day, picking a low carb diet, and then practically speaking. I don't keep snack food in the house anymore. I don't keep junk food in the house anymore. I don't have DoorDash installed on my phone. I don't have the Chick-fil-A app installed on my phone, right? I, if I'm going to eat out, I eat out at a, at a like a sit down restaurant, not fast food where I can hopefully eat a, a healthier, a healthier diet. And, and even if we get off of this spaces and I'm feeling a craving, if I go downstairs, all I have is some chicken, and some beef stroganoff and some frozen berries in the freezer. And like, if I have a little bit of that before bed, it's not going to be the end of the world. And it's much better than what I would have done before, which was, you know, door dot dash $69 worth of fast food and then eat it all before bed. And so there were some practical things I did, like making sure that I didn't have apps installed, didn't have the food right in front of me. And then there's the mental health things I did, which was 
hitting rock bottom and then deciding that I needed to make changes now because really like I was concerned like for my life every single day <laughs> and that that was then enough to push me through. And then one other thing I will mention, I know this gets talked about a lot. So sometimes I, um, sometimes I forget it, but oftentimes when I'm hungry, I'm really bored or when I'm hungry, I'm really thirsty. Or when I'm hungry, I go and take a 30 minute walk or I go to the gym and do 30 minutes of cardio. And then it turns out I wasn't necessarily hungry before. So I will get, you know, I don't know if they're like food cravings from stress or from some sort of food addiction fairly regularly, but drinking like 16 to 20 ounces of cold water, waiting 15 minutes, going for a walk. It's these little tricks I play on my mind. You know, my fiance has a little dog. I sometimes post the dog. So like I take the dog around the neighborhood while drinking a bottle of water. And when I get back, like probably 80% of the time, I'm not hungry anymore. Um, or like, it's boredom, right? So I think about maybe I can post something, right? Maybe I can make a little video. Maybe I'll go jump in the pool, right? Something to take my mind off of food. Is it because I know that if I'm, if I'm eating two meals a day and I'm only losing one pound a week, I'm not starving, right? I'm not in starvation mode. I'm not like, I don't really need any more food. So really I shouldn't be that hungry for all of these snacks. So chances are it might be boredom. It might be thirst right? You know, it, it might just be a craving from, from past 400 plus pound Dave that I have to handle by going on a walk, by doing some cardio, jumping in the pool, taking the dog out or going and like annoying my fiance, right. With whatever she's doing. And then that distracts me for 10 to 15 minutes. Um, so, you know, little tricks like that, I try to play on myself, but a, a really big part of it, I know this sounds simple is not having it in the house and not having the apps on my phone because Having and I will eat what's ever in the house. So if it's all healthy, then I'll eat healthier. And once I, you know, once COVID hit and everything became delivery all the time, I had a half dozen different delivery apps and and then uh, food company, you know, fast food company apps. And so I didn't necessarily have the food in my apartment, but it could be there in 15, 20, 30 minutes, right? And so I was ordering delivery all the time. So not just not having those apps, and I deleted the accounts on the on like the back end too. I just I can't. I can't easily get back in <laughs> and I don't have it in the house and I'm going to go drink two glasses of water and, and bug my fiance. And then usually by that point in time, I'm not hungry anymore. Again, I'm not, I'm not an expert just to be honest. So I, I'm not sure if that's a good answer at all, but th those are some of the tricks I've used. That's a good strategy, Dave. I mean, that's, that's personally what I do in my household is we just don't buy the stuff that's, you know, yeah. gonna, gonna have adverse effects. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a great tip that everyone should take into their own lives if they're not doing it already. Um, the next question comes from Frosty. Frosty, you want to go ahead and ask it? Hey, thank you so much. Hey, Dave, uh, your story is amazing. Um, I, my you. question was, um, me and my wife, we're kind of getting into eating healthier. We have been for the past year, and we're really looking at starting to like intermediate fast or like fast in general. Yeah. Like once a week. Have you ever done anything like that? And if so, if it helped or, you know. Yeah. So intermittent fasting, um, is huge in like the low carb keto space that I'm sort of on the edge of. And so people, people tell me to do it all the time. Um, and I want to do it. Uh, so I have not formally implemented any type of fasting into, uh, my routine with the exception of I five or six days a week, I skip breakfast. And that's not out of any sort of like intermittent fasting, uh, you know, plan or anything, but 
after I got over the mantra that breakfast is the most important meal of the day, I, I realized that for me, it was kind of the most annoying meal of the day. Like it was harder to meal prep for it. I had just worked out. I was trying to get ready for work. I was between like workout mode and, and work mode. And I wasn't trying to think about food. And it just, I wasn't, it was the meal that I wasn't looking forward to. And honestly, it was just kind of annoying me. So I thought what, if, like on weekdays, at least when I have this gym routine and then I roll, you know, I roll home and, and meal prep my lunch and my dinner. And then I roll right into work. Like, what if I just cut out breakfast and essentially I'm doing an intermittent fast? I mentioned that I eat twice a day. So that's lunch and dinner on most days. Um, and so five days a week, I eat mostly lunch and dinner. And it's, it's usually an early lunch because I'm hungry because I didn't eat breakfast. So I've been doing that now for months. Um, again, not any formal type of intermittent fasting. And on the weekends, I'll usually eat breakfast with my fiance. Um, and I've never done like a 24-hour fast or longer. I know that's a big part, a water fast that is. That's a big part of, you know, uh, of, of intermittent fasting or, or it can be. So I guess the answer is unofficially I've done it and I love it. Like after like a week or two, after, again, after getting over the fact that for 30 years I've heard breakfast is the most important meal of the day, I realized that like my daily routine when I'm busy and stressed on weekdays is much better without having this like annoying small meal, like in the middle of the beginning of the day, you know, like it's, it just, it wasn't working for me and I'm, I'm very happy to cut it out. Now I think I mostly offset that by having a, a larger lunch and a larger dinner, but it's worked great for me. And that coincided with like when egg prices went crazy too. So I stopped eating some of my eggs and, uh, and cut out breakfast and, you know, it's worked for me so far, but I, I mentioned that weight loss has gotten a lot harder and, I, and I'm looking for, I'm thinking about ways I might step it up. So being a little more strict on like an eating window with intermittent fasting, doing like a 16, eight or a 20, whatever, you know, whatever they do, uh, the eating windows and may, possibly adding like one fast day a week into my routine is something I'm thinking about. The flip side of that though, is I really try to keep it simple and real world and not any of this like weird internet stuff because like, I, like I just, I have to like function as an adult and I don't want to be one of those people online who does this crazy stuff, <laughs> right? Like, and like, I don't really know if they're doing it. It seems kind of weird and unrealistic, uh, you know? So I want to sort of balance, uh, you know, how real life works with, uh, adding something else into my diet and, and into my routine to help with the weight loss. And that's honestly, it's been a little bit of a struggle because, you know, one thing I've learned, uh, you know, now that I'm on social media, I guess, is I'm never quite sure what is like performative and, you know, and, you know, playing to an audience to get, <laughs> to get clicks or whatever. And what is like what they do when they're not tweeting about it. So, I, you know, I try to keep it very real um, even if it's, you know, not exactly the answer that the, that the carnivore or vegan or keto people want to hear. <laughs> so that actually dovetails really nice into kind of a, a mix of questions from several people. Um, you know, one guy commented, Brian commented on how he's been doing carnivore and initially his doctor was against it, but now the doctor's supporting it. And then, uh, Mr. E asked specifically, do you have thoughts on carnivore diet? So we maybe just polish that one off while we're at it. Yeah. So there's a lot of people doing carnivore diet. I mean, especially, 
in this circle that I'm in, which is, you know, I eat a lot of meat and I post a lot of steak. So a lot of times people think I'm doing the carnivore diet. I eat chicken and vegetables almost every day for lunch. It's just that when I, I usually am eating those out of like a Tupperware as I work and I forget to take a picture. And then if I do take a picture, nobody likes the picture. So the pictures that get posted are me like poorly cooking my steak and trying to figure out how to do it. <laughs> and like, that's fine. But I just, I do, I do eat chicken every day and I do eat vegetables pretty much much every day. Um, so I, I mean, I am on a very low carb and, uh, you know, very high meat diet compared to most people. So I, I really don't have a big problem with carnivore. Again, like I'm not an expert or anything. It seems kind of cool to me, uh, you know, that I'm not sure I could pull it off just living around people who are not completely carnivore. And I'm not sure I need to, or necessarily want to, um, it's one of those things where I've played with and I thought maybe I'll do it for, you know, a, a time period just to see if it works because people have such great results on it. Like, at, you know, like it's tons of people who follow me who are like, you know, who've lost tons of weight and feel much better on carnivore. So like, I don't, you know, again, I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not an expert. I, you know, I, I low carb with a lot of meat works well for me. So carnivore is very similar to that. So I do think it would probably work for me. I just, I just, haven't quite done it yet. And interestingly enough, my doctor as well uh, was a little skeptical, let's say, of um, my low-carb diet. And then I went back for that checkup and had great results. Um, and then I was looking forward to impressing him, again, like substantially more. He was ready to give me a list of medications to go on, but my, my blood work improved so rapidly between the first and second time that he said, well, now, now, now I'm out of the range that I would be medicated for, even if I'm not exactly perfect with my A1C and my glucose, and my blood pressure. Uh, and so I was looking forward to at the end of this year, impressing him yet again, but he quit uh, and went and got an all remote position out of state. And my, my conspiracy theory is that he did that because he didn't want to see how much more progress I had made. But, <laughs> but yeah, I definitely understand the skepticism. Um, and there's a lot of people doing a lot of different diets. And again, to be honest, I try to stay out of the mudslinging that I sometimes see between those folks, right? You know, like I'm very close to a keto diet. I'm very close to a ketovore diet. I'm on a low carb diet. It's very close to a carnivore diet, right? I'm really not going to have any problems with any of those. I see different people doing different diets and having success on many different diets. And so my, if people ask me for diet advice. My advice is to cut out the sad diet, the standard American diet, to cut out processed food, packaged food, fast food, to cut back on your liquid calories, to cut out alcohol. And in doing so, you will cut out a ton of refined sugar, a ton of processed carbohydrates. You'll cut out a ton of the seed oils. You'll end up eating more vegetables. You'll end up eating more meat. And so you will get a lot closer to all of these diets. I mean, unless you go vegan and then you'll, you know, not, you won't end up eating a lot more meat, but either way, and you'll cut out a lot of the weird additives they put in, especially American food. And, and now when I go to the grocery store, I'm basically just shopping the perimeter of the store. The middle of the stores is almost useless. Um, and so at that point in time, for me, once I had done all that, it resulted in a very meat heavy, low carb diet that has worked for me. But I see others who have either gone, you know, more so and they do only meat or who've gone, you know, in a different direction and it, and it is working for them. So again, I, I almost think not to go down a rabbit hole that it's kind of a distraction to have people arguing about what is, you know, sort of minimal differences between some of these labels. We give various diets um, when the big elephant in the room is 
how often we're eating a fast food sitting alone in our car before we go back to work that, you know, that was food that was handed to us through a window, right. That really isn't even like meant for human consumption, right. Like, and, and, and like, is this specific diet you pick, as long as it's clean, as long as it's natural, as long as your portions are in control. And as long as it's, you know, as far away from a factory and as close to like a, you know, free range pasture as you can get, like, I'm, you know, that's probably going to be cool with me. <laughs> Yeah, it's such a great point. Like, don't don't overcomplicate it, right? If it's working for you, then stick with it. Um, yeah, yeah it, it's just I, people love to, you know, argue about minutia. I guess. Um, next up is uh, Allison has a question for you. Hello, um, thanks for holding this space, and Dave, um, incredible journey. I just wanted to say that um, a lot of what you said resonated a lot with me. Um, as far as my weight loss journey, especially with the mental health struggles that you've been through, I could definitely, definitely relate to that. And, um, that's kind of where my question comes in. <clears throat> so I know that your journey has been pretty consistent, which is really good. Um, so I was just wondering if you've ever come into a situation where you've had like a health issue where it was advised you take time off from working out and how you would um, kind of advise people to stay motivated and pick that back up. Or if you haven't experienced that yet, if you've thought about that, you know, obviously life happens. Um, it actually happened to me in the spring where I had kind of a health issue with cancer and had to take a month off, and that was pretty hard. Mm. So especially with building the habit and the consistency and the mental health and all that stuff. So I was just wondering if you've thought about that or if you've been through that yourself. And yeah. what you would kind of say to to keep that motivation up and to be able to get back into it and not stay in that rut forever. Absolutely. I have luckily not had a scare like that and hopefully it all worked out. I've never been told specifically not to exercise. However, I was warned repeatedly to the point where it got a little bit annoying early on that um, exercising at my weight was dangerous, um, which I fully understand. And I'm not saying it was, that was bad advice, right? Being over 400 pounds and not knowing what you're doing in a gym at 4am can certainly be dangerous. My approach to, um, you know, getting that sort of pushback that I got early, which again, wasn't telling me to not exercise, but was counseling me to be very careful is, I have taken my exercising incredibly slowly. Like I, I know some of the, the, some of the gym bros online and in person want me to be pushing not necessarily pushing, but trying out, you know, the free weights and squatting and all the, all this other stuff, which I, which I want to do and I'm, and I will get to, but at this point in time, my biggest concern with exercising is not, you know, exactly how much my deadlift is. It's that I would injure myself and then it would be difficult for me mentally to get back into the gym. So my approach has been exercising every day, you know, slow, progressive overload, but taking it really, really slowly. Like I, I mentioned the first six to seven months, I didn't touch a strength machine. I didn't touch any type of equipment. I just did mild and then moderate cardio. And then even now, you know, uh, when I'm, when I am doing bench presses and I am doing leg presses, right. They are, they are less than I could do if I pushed myself to a new, uh, you know, maximum weight every single week or even twice a week. Like I do see some people doing it. So again, not directly the same scenario as, 
you are in, but what I would recommend for anyone on a journey like this or taking, starting a journey. And again, I'm, I'm not an expert is just take the exercise really slowly. Again, for me, that's not where I burn the calories. That's not where most of my weight loss happens. I want to maintain my muscle as I lose my weight and I want to get the mental health benefits from the exercise, but the weight loss is happening in the kitchen and in my head. And so like, it's like, I, again, like I don't want to downplay the exercise. It's huge for my mental health. I'm never going to stop doing it, but it's not the key to the weight loss. The weight loss is the mental health and the diet. I love that. That's so important. I was a big fan of the biggest loser. I loved the show. You'd see people lose weight quickly. They would do these crazy exercises and then you'd check in with them in a couple of years and they were injured and a lot of them had gained the weight back and it just wasn't a good sustainable system. So I'm so happy to hear that you started slowly, that you've, uh, you've avoided injuries. I did want to say the good girl, bad girl machine, the inner outer thigh, that's your number one exercise right there. That's what you want to get that's on right. every day. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Make sure you're doing that. Yeah, absolutely. I put that one on. that? Oh, I almost died. That was the funniest thing. I was like, I've got to, I've got to comment on that. Hey um, Dustin, just a quick shout out real quick. I want Dave to, to see this. Uh, so a yank on the footy podcast commented, he said, Dave, damn proud of your effort. I've dropped 170 pounds in the last 24 months. Love seeing your progress. Wow. In August 2021, my BP would not register. A year later, the same nurse at the wellness check, I took her a thank you card telling her I'd have been dead if she hadn't been so pragmatic. Just wanted you to hear that. That's fantastic. That I mean, that's motivating to me right there. That's that's what I love to hear. And, and to be honest, like seeing those initial lab results, right? My A1C was 5.8. My original blood pressure was in the 140s. My resting heart rate being above 100. Like, again, it was demoralizing for that week. But then after that week, it turned into one of my biggest motivators. I had those screenshots of those my chart pages favorited in my photos. And I would look back at them and be like, yeah, it's not, it's not just about the scale. It's not just about looking good in the mirror. It's about all these metrics that like you got from blood work that like you can't lie to, you can't lie about or fake. And, you know, it just, just awesome to hear someone else, someone else having those victories on scale and off scale. Very motivating to me. Thank you for sharing. That's great. Yeah. So let's go to Penny next. I know uh, he had a question for you. Yeah, I, more of a, a comment than a question. Uh, I, I have to get up and leave here in a minute, but I wanted to really thank Dave. I, you point out often that you're not an expert, but I'd like to tell you that you are an expert because you're living it, right? And going to school is one thing, but having been someone that was 400 plus pounds and being on the journey and working your way and being consistent, I love how pragmatic you are. I mean, like, my life experience tells me that you're doing it exactly right. Short-term diets are nothing, right? Like they get you to a spot right. that then you, you lose track and you head right back to where you were. But if right. you can develop a actual habits that are sustainable, you, you, you know, you eat like a human is supposed to eat and you move your body every day, you, you put your mental health first, like that's the best advice you could give anyone. I, I'm so happy to hear it from you. Uh, you know, you're such a humble guy. <laughs> it, it, one small piece of advice, because I've been through the same journey myself, and it sounds like you're a little stuck getting unstuck. Uh, Focus a little bit more on muscle building now. Now might be the time to do that. A, okay. because you'll you'll stop paying attention to the scale, right? Yeah. You realize that you're building muscle and replacing the fat and it takes your attention off the scale. The other thing is it's going to increase your like sitting metabolism, right? And, <laughs> and that means that 
even when you're not working out, you're burning more calories. So I'm not suggesting that you become, you know, the next Arnold or whatever, (laughs) but if you work on those compound lifts and, and, you know, get some more leg muscles and core muscles and whatever else, I think that will go a, a long way towards, you know, getting you past this, this hump that you're on. But thank you so much for sharing your story. Very, very uh, good to hear. Very motivational. Uh, Yeah. Love you, Dave. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And and I appreciate the words of wisdom. It's definitely something that, you know, I should probably uh, incorporate as well as tightening up the diet, probably time to step up the step up the strength training a little bit. Yeah. And I'm going to jump in real quick. I just want to say thank you for saying that to to Dave, because I think that's one of the greatest fears people have is they get on this high of feeling like this exercise and this routine is safe. Um, I would challenge anybody in this journey, like, like you are, Dave, get a little uncomfortable, step outside your zone a little bit and, and do what he was just talking about. The high rep, low weight count is very safe. A lot of the guys that get hurt are the idiots who go and try to lift heavy. So I would say definitely, definitely try to do that. Um, just because that, that advice that, 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 gentleman just gave was so sound man um I, th- I think that would be so awesome for you because i'll tell you this for for the people i've seen go through journeys similar to yours and that actually implement that the results come so much faster than anybody ever realizes and it's so rewarding because you get addicted to it and it's so fun not to say that you're not already in love with the process now it kind of seems like you are and it's really inspiring at least for me it is um, but I would definitely say, you know, challenge yourself, step outside of the box, you know, a little bit and, and see, see what you can not push yourself too hard, but, you know, push yourself enough that you can kind of get along comfortable. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Agreed. I appreciate that. All right. I think, uh, she talks football, um, wanted to ask you a question, uh, jump in. She talks football. Hey, thank you, Dustin, George, everybody in the space. I see you, uh, especially to you, Dave. Uh, it's just good being able to put a voice you know, with all of those pictures and all of those yeah. tweets. Uh, I just want to let you know that you were definitely part of the inspiration because, right, it has to come from me, right? You can't do it for anybody else. But you definitely. were still part of the inf- inspiration of me starting this journey. I've been wanting to start this journey to a better lifestyle, right, which is all the things that you talk about, you know, is, is not just the exercise and not just the food, is everything else. And I yeah. wanted to to start a journey to a better actual lifestyle. And these this is what I do every day. Right. So um, I finally, finally, I uh, was able to push myself to get started about six weeks ago. And I don't even know how your your tweet started showing up on my line on my timeline. <laughs> Obviously, somebody was sharing it. I saw the very first one. I loved it. I started following you immediately. And I was like, wow, this is really tremendous. He's such an inspiration. And I don't even really comment. Like, periodically, I would comment under your pictures. But mostly, I read your tweets. I look at the pictures. I like it. I get inspired. I keep on going. But I finally started uh, about six weeks ago. I started with Pilates because I knew that was just something that my body really needed um, for flexibility in my joints and, you know, knee trouble and just all kinds of hip troubles, you know, sciatica, just whatever. Uh, so I started with that. And then I finally got with a personal trainer and actually an entire lifestyle program. So I just got with an actual program in my area where she's helping me to address the actual lifestyle changes that I need to make. But I told I think I tweeted this to you a few days ago and it was before I even saw the space for this. Um, 
but to let you know that please keep going like just keep going you are really helping so many of us like just looking at that every day sharing what your your frustrations sharing you know when things aren't perfect you know i'm here every day you know plat plat tickles me to to no end um yeah plat tickles me um and it's like he's doing it every day and then you know what but i didn't have to decide that i was going to get up and go work out at five o'clock in the morning because that doesn't work for me, right? But I have a schedule that actually works for me. And I think that's the most important thing is figuring out what works for you. You can't just do what Dave does because that might not work for you. You can't do what Miss Gina does. That that does not may not work for you. It's figuring out what works for you, your body, your schedule, you know, your whatever. And that's the most important thing. So um, I just want to encourage you to keep going. I absolutely love you. And congratulations on, you know, the engagement. I love all the pictures of the houses that you were pointing and looking at. Tell Pops (laughs) he's the best, you know, for coming in and doing that work. Uh, he, He did a great job. I love like really, dude, sharing a part of your life. It is it is actually been I know you get bum comments and stuff, too, because people right? people are going to peep. But just know that most of us absolutely, truly appreciate the part of the that part of Dave that you have shared with us here on Twitter. And you've been an absolute inspiration. And I'm into week six now and I'm still going and I want to still go. And it has become a habit for me now. If I don't work out, I miss it. You know, it has become a priority. And that's like what I I, it's like. I need to prioritize (laughs) working out, you know, and doing these other things. Like I prioritize the other stuff and don't get upset if I have to spend a little bit more money, you know, for certain things, because I throw money at everything else and I don't even bet an eyelash at it. So how much more and I'm a land here, how much more (laughs) should I not be willing to invest in my body and in my life? So I just had to come to that realization. But I want you to know, I truly appreciate you and just keep on going, dude. Thank you so much. You can't see me right now, but. I'm smiling ear to ear. You keep going as well and, and reach out anytime if you have any questions. Again, not that I'm not that I'm an expert, as I keep saying, but people say I motivate them all the time. But honestly, the community on X on Twitter here motivates me all the time, seeing other people, you know, doing different things than me, but having their own successes, mental health, physical health, spiritual health, financial health, just getting to a better place, taking it baby steps one step at a time, not doing anything crazy, not doing anything unrealistic, but showing up every day, putting in the work. And then even if it wasn't the best day, doing it again the next day, it, it's it's incredibly motivating to me. It's incredibly humbling to me. And, and thank you so much. You know, thank you so much for your testimony. And, and thank you so much for starting the journey. Week six is a big deal, right? You're oh, a month and a half in at this point. At this point, those are those are some habits you're building. And, and hopefully we'll both build, you know, lifelong healthy habits. Really quickly, you see, Mom, she talks football. Do you watch football? Do you have a team? I need to know. <laughs> so I am not a big football fan, but since I moved down to the Deep South and I graduated Clemson, I am now a Clemson Tigers football fan for okay. college football. And my fiance, even though she is from Georgia, is a huge Clemson fan as well. So we have bought tickets to two games. One game is the week before I get married. They were the cheapest ones. So that's going to be a busy two <laughs> weeks, but at least college football, it's, it's Clemson. Got you. Got you. Thank you. Thank you, Dustin and George. All right. Thank you. She talks football. Yeah. Yeah. Miss Gina. Thank you. I think we're all smiling ear to ear. Dave said it, but I think everyone is uh, 
pretty pretty pumped after listening to you. So thank you, Miss Gina. Um, I was until I heard Clemson football. Oh, yeah, <laughs> people off there, yeah. Yeah, Dave brought us back down to earth. So, um, and with that said, we will continue on with questions to Stephanie next. Hey, thanks for having me, Dustin and George. Really appreciate another wonderful space. You guys are batting a thousand, I got to tell you. And Dave, you know, I've been following you for a while, and I guess I'm going to do more of a reflection as well. First of all, I just want to say to you that what is so striking to me is that at a time when, when you take pictures of yourself, we're in such this vanity culture, right? And the fact that you showed up and said, this is me, and I know there are so many people in this world that are on a journey. And so I'm going to put myself out there and I know I'm going to get terrible comments because people are going to people. I think she talks just said, but you chose to say, I believe in what I'm doing and I believe we do have a mental health crisis. And I believe that a huge part of this is about mental and physical fitness. And so I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to take the hate. I'm going to take the joy And I'm going to bring those who are inspired by my journey along to join me in the journey. You are making it like a co-creation. You are, you are, you are sharing content, but you are also saying to people, join me, right? It is the, regardless of your weight, your size, whatever you are, the mental health and physical health aspect, wherever you are in that journey, join me. So it's less about like, hi, I'm Dave, check me out. You're saying I'm here to do the work and I'm here to also bring you with me. And there's something really magical about the way that you are treating the community that has joined you in your journey and the inspiration that you are providing. And so I guess I'm just here to say thanks to Dustin and George for hosting these great conversations. But Dave, it has been my pleasure and an honor to follow you and watch your journey. I think about you often. And the fact that you create that type of engagement with your community is really a gift. And it's honest. And I think your sincerity and your vulnerability and your honesty is what draws so many people to you. So I want to thank you for the work that you're doing. I want to congratulate you on the journey you're sharing. And I also want to wish you the very best in your marriage, in your in your honeymoon, whatever you are going to do. And I'm just going <laughs> to wish you nothing but joy. And Dave, thanks again for everything that you are doing for anyone who is following you. I think you're just a treasure. So thank you. And Dustin and George, thanks again for allowing me to speak. I appreciate that so much. It mean it's it's truly humbling to me, especially because I I find speaking about mental health, you know, difficult. And I I I also feel like other men must too, because I don't see I don't see a whole lot of us doing it, even though there's clearly a lot of uh mental health issues that we as men, you know, should be addressing, at least at least in my opinion. So I try to speak about it um because it is as important, if not more important than the, than the physical part of this journey and the community that has, uh, that has grown up here, especially on X on Twitter here. Again, I didn't even start posting on here, right? It has been such an, uh, an organic blessing and such an unexpected positive in my life that again, it's just incredibly humbling and incredibly motivating to me. And, and, and thank you. Thank you. And thank you all, you know, for, for being here, for being here with me on the journey. Dave, it's been such a pleasure. The last thing I want to do is sabotage your early wake up and your workout. <laughs> so we're going to let you go. I know you're, <laughs> you're on some time constraints. Um, I see we have a couple of requests. I'm so sorry to anyone that did not um, get their question answered. Uh, we'd love to have Dave back. This is an excuse to invite him back. 
hopefully in a few months and uh, have you again. We'd love to chat with you again. This has been uh, such a pleasure. Well, Dustin, uh, I'm going to cut in. I'm going to do you one better now that we got him on the spot. Dave, you're going to have to come do an official podcast episode with us. And what we'll do is we'll take questions from the audience and we can preload those to ask you in the actual podcast episode in a couple months. How does that sound? Happy to do it. I'm happy. It's my fault. I have a bedtime in four minutes because my alarm is, <laughs> my alarm is set for 3.55 a.m. and it's uh, 9.25 here, but I'm happy to be on the podcast whenever whenever you guys want me. There we go. You heard it here, folks. So we'll get Dave here on the schedule. And uh, if you've got more questions, go ahead and just uh, drop them in the comments to the spaces and we'll write them down and save it for that episode. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you, everyone who spoke, everyone who listened. Uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, thank you absolutely to Dave. This has been so much fun. I've been looking forward to this for months. And uh, I have to say, it did not disappoint. This was so much fun. A little bit of humor, a little bit of wisdom. This was awesome. So uh, for the Present Fathers podcast, let's keep uh, climbing that mountain of fatherhood. And uh, we'll see everyone later. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Present Fathers podcast. Make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Spotify to catch all of our amazing episodes. We will see you in the next one.